It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, LOThunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. 405-362-7128. On today's show... We are going to dive right into the Houston Rockets trading away James Harden. What does that mean for the Oklahoma City Thunder? We're also going to talk about the Thunder losing to the Lakers and what positive and negative takeaways you can take from this game. And also, who is the title favorite right now in the NBA? We start with the James Harden news. That is the biggest topic around the association right now, and it does impact the Oklahoma City Thunder. As we talked about on Wednesday morning, the Rockets trading away James Harden impacts Oklahoma City because of the fact that you own their future picks. And at one point today, we thought that the package was going to be to Philadelphia. And instead, James Harden is traded to Brooklyn. And the consequences of that, the kind of two realities we could have been living in right now for Oklahoma City is if he went to Philadelphia, then that would mean that the Rockets have Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, which, you know, who knows we can become. Maybe he becomes a really good player. But Ben Simmons is already a player in which 
you're not guaranteed, right? I mean, you can have all the draft picks you would ever dream of the way Sam Presti does, but you're not guaranteed a Ben Simmons-like player. So you go from that package, that which would include first-round picks, you would imagine. I mean, it'd have to include first-round picks still. You go from that package, literally, it sounds like it's trending towards a done deal. I mean, you have Mark Stein tweeting about it. It was, a, it was progressing very quickly. And then Philadelphia does not want to give up Therese Maxey, and the talks progress with Brooklyn. And Brooklyn gives up basically their entire draft for eight years. They have to loop in 16,000 teams in this deal. So let's first talk about who everyone got. The Rockets got Oladipo, Exum, three Brooklyn first-round picks, one Milwaukee first-round pick. It's in 2022, unprotected. Four net pick swaps as well. Those pick swaps are unprotected. Uh, so that's what the Rockets got along with you know a throw-in. But that's what the Rockets got. And then the Nets got James Harden only, obviously. The Pacers got Karis LeVert, and that's how they flip Oladipo to the Rockets. We'll talk about that in a second and a second-round pick. And then the Cavs jumped in here. The Cavs are the ones who threw in the Milwaukee first-round pick, and because of that, they get Jared Allen and Torin Prince. And this is a big point of emphasis moving forward as we start to see more trades throughout the course of now for the next five, six years more trades that involve James Harden types, right? A Bradley Beal trade, uh, if it's ever going to be on the horizon. This is where you can see Oklahoma City pull something off. The same with the Cavs got in here. The Cavs got in the, the craziness. They jumped into the chaos, and they give up an extra first-round pick, this one from Milwaukee, and they get back Jared Allen for basically nothing, for, for a future first-round pick, which is not even yours, which you can project will be a pretty low first-round pick, and you got back Jared Allen. I mean, that is something you can hop into any time that you can afford to take back a Prince and you can facilitate a trade that way because you have expendable first-round picks, the way Oklahoma City does. Expendable first-round picks do not only have to turn into James Harden's. It can turn into Jared Allen's. There are so many avenues Oklahoma City can go down with these additional first-round picks from Houston and from L.A. There, there are so many ways they can improve their team, and, and the Cavs put the blueprint out there and gave a great example of that. If you get involved with the chaos, with the way that the cap sheet for Oklahoma City will be set up for the future, when you get involved in the chaos, you can get back a, a big asset for it feels like nothing. I think that the Cavs are sneaky winners here. I mean, they just tossed around somebody else's first-round pick for 2022, and in the meantime, they get Jared Allen. Uh, but the Pacers also win big in this one. I think that Victor Ladipo is never going to be the player that he was prior to the injury. And personally, I don't want the decision of paying Victor Ladipo. And to not only move off of that decision to pay Victor Ladipo, but to gain Karis LeVert, who is under team control and is, I think, on par with Oladipo, and I think he can be even better than Oladipo in a couple of years. I love what the Pacers did here. And I love LeVert's fit with everyone else around him in Indiana. I mean, you got Sabonis, you got all those pieces, plus it seems as though they have a good coach. I mean, it seems as though the Pacers and the Thunder have hit the head coaching higher out of the ballpark early on in this season. And so I like what the Pacers are doing here. But the big thing is, of course, Harden to the Nets and Rockets, their return of Oladipo and Exum and all these first-round picks. Look, the first-round picks, I think, are good for, for Houston. I think that the Rockets rightfully played the long game here uh, because look what's happening already in Brooklyn, right? Look what's happening with Kyrie Irving literally just up and leaving the team for no reason. 
team's playing well, he's playing well. Then all of a sudden, he just up and leaves, and nobody knows why he left. There are some reports floating around that it's because he didn't like the Steve Nash hire, which are the complete opposite of what we heard before the season. And we assume that he liked the Steve Nash hire because he could just run all over Steve Nash and and be one of the four or five, seven coaches that he said on that Instagram live stream. Kyrie Irving is already becoming a problem in Brooklyn. He was a problem in Boston. He was a problem in Cleveland. And now he's a problem in Brooklyn. And so you add to that Kevin Durant, who is notorious for burner accounts and being a little on edge, let's say, with teammates and, and with everyone, basically. And now you add into that James Harden, who cannot stay out of a strip club for 20 minutes. And the only time that you're guaranteed all three of these guys being together under contract is for two years. And right now, you're not even guaranteed all three of them will show up to the games. No one even knows where Kyrie is. This is off to a rocky start already, and James Harden has not even landed in Brooklyn yet. Not to mention the defensive problems that they're going to face. Not to mention the offensive play style problems they're going to face. It's already rocky, folks. And the more you push those picks down the line, you start to look more and more like Oklahoma City does right now. Because remember the talk around the Thunder allowing, quote-unquote, Paul George and, and Kawhi to team up in L.A. And, and everyone thought that would be the best team in the NBA. Oh, my goodness, Kawhi. Oh, my goodness, Paul George. They failed last year. And they have they have a murky future. And it's no question you've won big in the Chris Paul-Russell Westbrook trade. And you do that by anticipating and by getting first-round picks from the future. Because, listen, even two years from now, it's a long time in the NBA world. It's a long time. So I really do like the idea of just taking all of Brooklyn's future draft capital. Just take all of it, and we'll see what happens. Look at what happened with Boston. Will it be that good for Houston the way it was that good for Boston? You would hope not because you're looking at three totally different guys that are in totally different positions in their career than Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett and et cetera, et cetera. Jason Terry was on those teams. You're looking at a totally different roster construction here. It should be much better than what than what Boston inherited with those future draft picks from Brooklyn. But nonetheless, you take that shot. And for Oklahoma City, the Rockets now are relying on Victor Ladipo, injury prone. John Wall, injury prone. DeMarcus Cousins, injury prone. And heck, DeMarcus Cousins can't stay in the game when he's healthy. He's getting tossed left and right. The Rockets are not going to be good. Now, are they going to be the worst team in the NBA? I don't think so, because I think that those guys really do care, right? I think that all three of these guys want to perform well and want to try and give effort. And frankly, giving effort in this season is half the battle. You're seeing the teams who give the most effort get rewarded the most, more so than any other year. You cannot just coast on talent, at least not in the starting point of the season. So that's going to be in their corner. But they're still going to be a lottery team, and we'll see where the chips fall from there. Even if this team bottoms out in Houston... I understand the pick swap is top four protected, but even if they are the worst team in the NBA, Houston is, they only have a 52% chance to hold on to that pick. And I'm taking the coin flip. I'm taking the chance. I want the Rockets to be the worst team in the NBA because I'm taking that gamble. And if it doesn't pay off, you say, oh, well, you grab the heat pick and you move on. But if it does pay off, 
you're looking at possibly two top seven NBA, you know, NBA draft picks with yours and the Rockets, depending on how this goes. I I love this for Oklahoma City because I think that Ben Simmons makes this team and Terry Maxey makes this team a little too good. But even beyond this year, because there are some question fits for this season with John Wall and Boogie Cousins uh, around Ben Simmons. Even beyond this year, you still own future Houston picks, and there's no guarantee they draft somebody as talented as Ben Simmons. And also, there's no guarantee Victor Oladipo re-signs this year. Today was a fantastic day for the Oklahoma City Thunder. It really was, and it just continued to get better and better. Each move that Sam Presti has made over the last you know three years looks increasingly better and better by the moment. And so you just have to tip your cap to Sam Presti. Coming up, let's recap this Lakers game. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Headspace. Even in the new year, it's hard to start a new routine. But if you are one of the 34% of Americans who made a resolution to be less stressed this year, Headspace is here to help. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of a guided meditation in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the fields of medicine and mindfulness uh, through critically validated research. So whatever situation you're in, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has a wind-down session that their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace has morning meditations you can do with your kid. Headspace approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. I love using Headspace to fall asleep. I have some trouble with that at night, especially whenever I record these podcasts late at night. You get so excited talking about hoops, and it's just hard to fall asleep, and so Headspace really does help me. You deserve to feel happier. Headspace is the meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash MBA. That's headspace.com slash MBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace full live of meditations for every situation. This is the best offer right now. So go ahead and head on over to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. I also want to tell you about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family owned business serving you auto parts for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you might have still had dial up internet. It was a disaster. If you got a phone call, your internet would just stop working. But you still could have been buying auto parts online at rockauto.com. It is a fantastic website. I love their website the best because for me, I know nothing about cars. Therefore, all I got to do is put my make, my model, my year into their database. And from there, they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. Otherwise, I'd be wasting a ton of time buying parts that in no way, shape, or form fit my vehicle. And I'd be out a lot of money. So I can skip all of that by going to rockauto.com. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car would ever need at rockauto.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box, and they'll know what to do from there. So check them out, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car would ever need, rockauto.com. 
When this podcast is over, go check out Locked on Bets 2020. It is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcast from. Brought to you by good friends over at betonline.ag. So I want to talk about this game against the Lakers I know it was a blowout. It was one of the few blowouts we've seen this year. But in this game, the Thunder did not have Al Horford. He was out due to rest the second night of the back-to-back. They did not have Ty Jerome still out with that left ankle sprain, although we did get a Ty Jerome update. So listen to yesterday's show to get that. LeBron James and Anthony Davis were both active in this game, surprisingly so, uh, with the second night of a back-to-back for playing in Houston the other night. And then Isaiah Roby got the start in place of Al Horford. And he played really well. So obviously this game was a defensive nightmare, right? Because you just don't have the bodies to defend AD and LeBron. Even Lou Dort could not stop LeBron James because he's the best basketball player to ever play. Uh, but Darius Baisley took the challenge of guarding AD. Obviously, Baisley is way too small. He, he is physically too small. He got bullied against AD, rightfully so. And there's nothing you can really do about it. I think that Isaiah Roby was the best guy guarding AD, but even he was not good because it's Anthony Davis. He's like one of the few players in the NBA that it's not just an expression. Whenever someone says you can't guard him, you literally cannot guard him. So to me, you just throw out any defensive performances against AD and LeBron because what are they supposed to do? Uh, But AD in this one gets 18 points, 7 rebounds, and he also has 1 assist. LeBron has 26 points. He has 7 assists and 6 rebounds for the Lakers. There was a time in this game which Poku got switched on to LeBron twice. And the first time LeBron just shoots over him. And I'm telling you, I just breathe a sigh of relief. Even though the shot went in, I didn't care. I, I was just so relieved that he did not drive against Poku. Because I literally think that if LeBron would have just shoulder bumped Poku, he would have fallen apart and disintegrated. So I was so scared for my life. And then Poku gets switched back onto LeBron. But thankfully, Mike Muscala was called for a three-second call in which he was totally not in the paint for three seconds because there was a player next to him. So it obviously should not have been called. But I feel like the ref did that just to help out Poku because he saw the writing on the wall with LeBron kind of toying around with Poku. Poku even reached a couple of times, and that really scared me because I was afraid that since he reached, LeBron would no longer take it easy and would actually drive. But then the three-second call happened, and it was all fine. Uh, But Poku also had a really good put-back dunk in this game. Poku just had the game, right? He just had the game of flashes uh, in a blowout that you want to see. He was playing point guard in garbage time. It was hilarious watching Poku out there. He gets double digits for the first time in his career, scoring 10 points. Uh, Only fouls twice and then gets three blocks in this one. And I think that with Poku, what is fascinating to me is how well he's using his length. Like, he truly understands the defensive end of the floor, and he understands how to use his body. And that's something that is far more progressed than I thought it would be at this stage. I mean, we're only 10, 11 games in here, and and he is very advanced at that end of the floor defensively than I thought he'd be, especially in the block category. I mean, he's doing a really good job of getting deflections, of contesting threes and not fouling when contesting threes, using that length and size to stay off somebody at the three-point line so it doesn't get blown by and just leaving that hand up there because his arm is seven feet long itself so it can still just go gadget its way to to contest a three-pointer while he's standing at the free-throw line. Just his court awareness defensively has been so amazing to watch from Poku. And, And I think that it's even more incredible whenever you factor in the concussion because 
you know, he missed a few games. Like we're only 11 games into the season as a whole, and he's missed games with that concussion. Not to mention that there's no summer league, that there was no real training camp. I mean, they did go to training camp, but, you know, it's not the same as a normal one. There's no real preseason, even though you only played, you know, three games in the preseason. When you factor all that in, it's so impressive to see where he's at. I mean, this guy was one years old whenever LeBron was drafted. He watched Anthony Davis at 10 years old. Like, this guy is so young and so raw and we all knew coming into the year that he would be a long-term project and you couldn't really evaluate him yet. And many people did not think he'd even play this year in the NBA and to see him not only playing, but be aware enough and be mature enough to get legitimate rotational minutes and to not look lost out there. Like you cannot think of very many times in which Poku just looked like he was not an NBA player on the floor outside of needing to put on weight he looks the part. I mean, I'm telling you, if those shots go down and those shots start to fall, which eventually they will, he will be viewed so totally different. But I've enjoyed watching him defensively so far this year. Obviously, he also had the big putback dunk, which was a lot of fun. And he even had some really good passes, especially off one of those blocks. And shout out Isaiah Roby, man. Isaiah Roby gets the starter minutes, plays 24 minutes, goes four for seven from the field, three for four from the free throw line, gets nine rebounds, four assists, and also scores 11 points. He was really good in this contest. He had that, that amazing finger roll move, which was just awesome. And I still just keep watching the clip over and over and over again. He started this game off with one possession where he literally got three tip rebounds, like where you just swat the ball back out to your teammate. He did that three consecutive times on a possession and the Thunder went over three from beyond the arc when he got those tip rebounds. But Isaiah Roby played really well in this one. I think that he's kind of showing you he's a piece and there's a difference between a piece and a building block. Darius Baisley, is a building block. It's a foundational part. And if Darius Baisley is the foundation of your house, Isaiah Roby would be the baseboards, right? So obviously, not a, not as big of a part of your house as the foundation, but still I think Isaiah Roby can be a, a role player as an NBA guy. And I think that that's why you're seeing the Thunder take a chance on him. I mean, I'm one person who's never cut Isaiah Roby in any of my roster projections. But if you watch other roster projections, almost everyone wanted Roby cut. And he did not have the preseason you would hope for, so that piled into it as well from fans. And he's showing that he is a legitimate NBA type of guy. He can get legitimate minutes even on a competitive team. I think he contends at the rim very well, contests at the rim very well especially given his size. He's really a small ball five and he's being asked to, to challenge AD and he does that the best of anyone on this team. But I think that Roby provides so much for you. It's fun to watch. Still to come in this one, we've got to talk about the best three-point shooter in Thunder history, Lou Dort. We've got to talk about Darius Baisley and of course, Hamadou Diallo. Cannot wait to get to Diallo, but I want, I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for our 50% welcome bonus. The NFL is fully into their postseason. It's the divisional round, people. You can bet on all four NFL playoff games this weekend. You can also bet on every single regular season game in the NBA, college hoops, any type of action you want to get in on, you can do that at BetOnline.ag. They've got future MLB prop bets already out there. And also, 
you can bet on the game in which Kyrie Irving will return to the Brooklyn Nets. So much to do at betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and use promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. When this podcast is over, check out Hollinger and Duncan. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts by listening to Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On Podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today wherever you get your podcast from. So I want to continue talking about this game, and it starts with Hamadou Diallo. Hamadou Diallo was awesome again. Folks, six points in the first six minutes of action. He had some tough finishes at the rim. But again, one play stands out above the rest. As he goes four for six from the field, he goes one for three from beyond the arc, which was a 70-footer at the buzzer of the third quarter. So, you know, really, he took zero three-point attempts, which is good for his development. And then on the defensive end, he gets five rebounds. He does this shot one assist, and then he has a block in this one with only three fouls. He only scores nine points, but again, as I've said, it's not about the 20-point nights for Diallo. This was still a good Hemadou Diallo game. This was still a good game that you would not have expected a month ago from Diallo because there was plays in this one where you could see the maturity. You could see him turning the page. And I'm ready after the nine-point game to say he has turned the corner in his development. He's only 22 years old, and we're finally seeing that progress. We're finally seeing him develop before our eyes. And no, it was not the flashing New York lights and and the New York Knights he had this weekend, but these nine points and the way he got to these nine points and the assist and and all of that was fantastic. And the play that stands out to me does not even show show up in the stat sheet at all. It's a play in which he is driving to the rim, and I'm I'm not exaggerating. He's driving to the rim, and I am feeling like we're about to see Hemdu Diallo punish a rim. I have this feeling of, of excitement and anticipation of him just dunking on somebody because he has the lane to do so. Would it have been contested? Sure, but you trust Diallo's athleticism in that, in that spot. At least he would. Uh, and you just knew he was going to attempt it, and we'll see if it's a highlight play or if it's a lowlight play. But instead of even trying the dunk, which old Hamadou Diallo doesn't even think twice about that. He just automatically goes for the highlight dunk and, and goes to attack the rim. Instead of doing that, he literally passes it backwards into the corner for Hamadou, for Hamadou Diallo's pass to go to Mike Muscala in the corner, who is wide open, and Muscala missed. Look, even if Diallo would have made that layup or would have made that dunk, I'd much rather have a wide open Muscala in the corner for three. Because I like my chances of Muscala hitting that shot. Even though he did not in this example, I like my chances and three is better than two. And I like the progression, the awareness, and the composure from Diallo. He's playing within himself. 
He's playing selfless. He's making the right decision. That's a good decision there. Because again, it would have been a highlight play for a reason. Diallo was not all alone and just passed up a wide open dunk. Now, I thought he was going to take the dunk because that's who Diallo is, or at least was. But he realizes that there's a chance here that I come away empty-handed. So if I'm going to come away empty-handed at the rim, we might as well take a chance of coming away empty-handed from beyond the arc with a good three-point shooter in the corner. That thought process and that development is big for Diallo. And then you got to give a shout-out to Lou Dort in this game. He shoots the lights out of the ball again, three for six from beyond the arc. That's 50%, folks. And also, a rebound and an assist in this one. And the way that he fights through screens, Dort does, is incredible. I mean, there was one possession in which LeBron just kept taking him back and forth into AD's body like three or four times. And Lou Dort just kept going, just kept going through the screens, going through the screens, and still contested the shot from LeBron James. And I cannot imagine the pain of an AD screen, much less willingly running into him three or four times in like a two-second span. So Lou Dort played well tonight. And then Darius Baisley still is struggling from the offensive perspective. I don't blame his defensive game. He did get a block in this one. But obviously, AD was just having his way with Baisley. And I don't blame that on Baisley. That's just the construction of this roster. You just don't have somebody to lock down an AD-like player. Nobody can lock him down. But at least people around the league can challenge him. And you just have nobody who can even challenge him, right? You just have somebody who can do their job and hope for the best. And that's what Baisley did. He did his job. He, he tried his hardest. And he contested. But the problem is, he's just not big enough to contest AD legitimately and force a miss. Uh, so... Offensively, though, he goes 1-for-5 from the field. 0-for-3 from beyond the arc, missing a couple open shots. Only gets 5 rebounds on this one. Again, you expect that playing a much bigger team with the Lakers and then has the uh, steal, I should say, not the block. However, that one make from Baisley, it was a flash play. It was a flash play. It was a play that you could see the development because he gets the ball, top of the key, has an open 3-point shot, open enough, and... AD does not really close out, kind of just sits in between, not really sure what Baisley's going to do. Baisley gives an up fake and gets AD in the air a little bit and then immediately attacks the rim, gets AD behind Baisley, and then Baisley goes up and finishes at the rim with the defensive player of the year caliber player behind him in AD. So that was a good play from Baisley in a vacuum. And the more we see that from him and the more consistent he gets offensively, the better and better this team will be. And I think that even Shea showed something in this game, because I think that if you have not checked the box score, like if you just did not look at the NBA.com box score, right? You're listening to this in the, in the, in the car or on your way to work, and you're not really sure the stat line from Shea. Put yourself in that mindset. Just by the eye test, you would imagine that Shea didn't have it last night. Shea went five for 12 and one for three from beyond the arc. He scored 17 points. Now his teammates did not help him at all. He only got one assist, but Shea was pretty good in this game. He was pretty good. Got the line seven times, goes six for seven from the free throw line. And even against a more talented group defensively in Los Angeles and a more lengthy and a bigger group defensively than Los Angeles than he's played at this point in the season, Shea only has two turnovers. And one of those turnovers was a time in which he got caught in the air. And that's going to happen with a young guard. And again, as I've said time and time again, he only has one of those a night, like where he just gets caught in the air without knowing what he's going to do. And that is so far ahead of what players his caliber and his age are, much less the fact so far ahead of what guys like Russell Westbrook do. So 
I have enjoyed watching Shea, and he just finds a way to quietly do his thing out there. Even as the defense is playing better, they're rotating well, they're focusing only on him, his teammates are not knocking down their shots. Heck, they can't even attempt shots. You only get 99 points in this one. Even with all of that, Shea still played really well. Shea also called the new uniforms absolutely beautiful. Let me know what you thought of these new uniforms. Circling back to Darius Baisley, he did leave this game with a right ankle sprain, and we asked Mark about it after the game was the media, and he did not have an update yet because you just can't really tell about these things until the next day. So they're going to see how Baisley responds tomorrow, and then we'll get an update from Mark either tomorrow afternoon or even before tip-off on Friday. Uh, check back on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles for the injury reports. Normally, since you have an off day, you don't report them at 1230. So it's normally 1230 for like game days. But for tomorrow, there might be one at 1230. They might have to wait until 430. So anytime that they update the roster uh, for the injury report, I'll let you know on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. Look, this was a blowout of a game. I'm sure many of you tuned out quickly in this game in the second half. Uh, but the Thunder still had that one Thunder run. Uh, right before the halftime break, they were down 24. They go on a little mini run and get it down to 12. And even though it, the lead got stretched back out and they just could not finish the job, it's good to see a team like this continue to battle because this is a team comprised of young players who are not supposed to be at the spot. Like, like, right, they're not supposed to... These players are not supposed to be here in this moment or in this role. And since they are, they're not expected to win a lot of games. And we've seen young players have that mindset of, okay, where well, the team is supposed to be bad, so I'm only going to care about my stats. But this team is not doing that. This team's young players are worried about playing within the system and playing on this team. They're buying in. And then you also have veterans out there like George Hill who are 13-year, 14-year guys and Though they're going to be traded by March to a contending team, they could easily pack it in and give up. But no, they're still playing not only, you know, playing good basketball, but playing good team basketball and, and trying hard and, and being a, a scrappy little team out there. And I know it sounds like a participation, a participation trophy, but look around the NBA. Look at how many teams aren't doing that. Look at how many teams are not giving that kind of effort. And even though it was only one run in this game and not the normal four or five runs that you see Oklahoma City go on, to even still have that against the reigning NBA champions who just got done literally making a mockery of Houston uh, on Tuesday night. You're going up against LeBron and AD who you literally on this roster have nobody that can even get in their way. You get down early in this game. So many things went against Oklahoma City and for them to still try to battle back was an, such a, an encouraging sign for this bunch. And you know what? Even in this blowout loss, that you lose to the Lakers 128-99. At least Cade Cunningham looked extremely well against the University of Kansas on Tuesday night. The bet of the game outcome, I had LA minus 8.5. That, of course, cashes in. The money ball outcome, I had SGA leading the team from beyond the arc. And in this one, Lou Dort had three. That was not only the team high, but one of only two players to hit more than one three-pointer. He had three, and Poku had two. The MVP of this game, I'll probably just give it to Poku because he had 10 points in this one. First time in double digits. Nice little player off the bench. Good job leading the, the bench unit in garbage time at the fourth quarter. So I'll give the MVP to Poku in this game. This is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. On tomorrow's show, we're going to have a Friday stock watch 
And we're also going to talk about where Oklahoma City stands around the association with some kind of power ranking segment. And oh yeah, it's the NBA. They're playing almost every single day. We're going to preview the game against the Chicago Bulls. So until then, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. We will see you tomorrow on Locked on Thunder. Be good and be good to one another. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.